Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is it written in the law? What do you read there? He answered him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to, to that place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan traveling came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two darnari, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He's, he said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I'm looking for the screen. <laughs> Good morning. In a second. <laughs> okay, there we go. I love the images in our Who's Our Neighbor banner up here on the screen. <laughs> I've got one, we've got one central figure, Jesus, surrounded by others. Children, adults, male, female, all holding hands all different shapes, sizes, colors, and abilities, all equals. I encourage you to reflect back to the screen and to this banner as we explore what it means to be neighbor. So who is our neighbor? An excellent question, and one in which was a year-long theme for this congregation a few years ago as we explored family, faith, and homelessness in our area. What came out of this theme was an ongoing relationship with the students and staff at DeLong Elementary School, through the backpack program, Lunch Buddies, to using their gym as a worship space last September for God's Work Our Hands Sunday, where we got out of our comfy pews to sit in folding chairs and pray and sing underneath, underneath their basketball hoops, and to be part of that community where we are neighbor. This year-long theme of neighbor was also prompted 
us to open up our doors to the Family Housing Network so families could find refuge in our building two times a year as we walk alongside them in their needs for safety and security. In looking at the theme of who our neighbor is, we learned that it goes beyond the people who live in the apartment or the house next door to you. They aren't just the family across the street who graduated from PLU or the couple next door who are retired teachers or even the senior citizen who lives behind you who needs help with their yard. Neighbor isn't always those we have something in common with or live on the same block near. Where we are similarly educated, we speak the same language or even worship at the same church or have similar political beliefs. To be a neighbor is so much broader and that's what the lawyer from the story of Luke found out. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. The lawyer already knows the right answer to the questions he poses to Jesus. He's a Jewish scholar, a scribe, a religious expert. He's been well versed in the law from Deuteronomy and Leviticus. The word, the commandments of God are to be in your heart and on your lips. He continues to test Jesus and asks a follow-up question, who is my neighbor? Jesus answers in traditional Jesus style, answering a question with a story or parable, ending with, of course, another question and a commission to go and do. Most of us are familiar with this story that Jesus tells. There was a man walking on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was robbed, beaten up, and thrown into ditch. I've added the ditch and left half dead. Along comes a priest who sees him, crosses the road and passes him by. And then a Levite, who is an assistant to the priest in the temple, also sees the man in the ditch, crosses the road and passes by. Finally, a Samaritan man sees the guy, goes over, cleans him up, puts him on his animal, takes him to a safekeeping, and agrees to pay the innkeeper whatever he needs to take care of the man. And Jesus asks, which of these three acted as neighbor to the man? The lawyer is then put on the spot to give an answer he might not be comfortable with because it wasn't his people, the Levite, the priest, the insiders who stopped and helped, the ones who were familiar with the law that was on their heart and on their lips. It was an outsider, a Samaritan, someone from the north, who the Jews at the time had a cultural and religious rivalry with. They were a despised people. The lawyer doesn't even call the Samaritan by name, just the one who showed mercy, or in another translation, who treated him kindly. If to be a neighbor means to show mercy or kindness to another, especially those on the outside or on the fringe, then that's what Jesus at the end of the parable was telling the lawyer and those gathered around to go and do. But it doesn't stop there. This message isn't just for them. Go and do likewise is for us as well. Okay, I can be kind. We can all be kind. And then I opened up the newspaper, turned on the TV, looked at my Facebook page, glanced at Twitter, and shook my head and I wanted to shut it all off and go back to bed. 
kindness and mercy are not all around us. So I guess it's not that easy at all times. Author Douglas John Hall frames it this way, by this expert in the law, by naming kindness as the true mark and neighbor, that puts the matter in terms wonderfully appropriate for today. For it is precisely kindness that is so conspicuously absent from the life of our world, a world driven by com competition, greed, and individualism. But also, let us note, a world whose most ethically minded often seem more apt to be more concerned for rights than forgiveness, for justice than mercy, for equality than compassion. I was overwhelmed with the posts and tweets and articles on social media this week, shaming a woman for wearing a certain dress to a wedding, bullying, and not only our children and youth, but adults seeking positions in our government. And now the death of two more black men, Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, followed by the death and violence of five law enforcement officers in Dallas, Texas. These women, children, politicians, police officers, and black men are our neighbors. We might not know them personally or know their stories, but they're part of our world, and we are part of theirs. Because to be neighbor is beyond our clan. It's beyond our bloodlines. Through Christ, neighbor has been expanded to include all people who might just be a little bit different than you. To be a neighbor means to be in a relationship with the other, it means showing up for the other when we don't want to. Fred Rogers, known for his role in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, stated this a few years ago, and it's still applicable today. We live in a world in which we sh need to share responsibility. It's easy to say it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. Or, like the Samaritan, my neighbor, he saw someone in need and he lent a hand, and not just because he had to, there were no good Samaritan laws at the time, but because he had compassion and acted with mercy and kindness. Maybe to really show kindness and to understand mercy is to answer the question, who is our neighbor? We need to be honest about the times in our life when we have been the ones in the ditch. And I don't mean just falling into an actual ditch like my friend Suzanne has been known to do on a run a few times. I mean those times in our life when we feel torn down by grief, illness, loss, or even the times of feeling like the other, the despised, not good enough, not part of the A-team. These are the emotional, spiritual, physical, and mental ditches into which we fall. They stop us in our tracks and sometimes incapacitate us in moving forward. I find I have more compassion and forgiveness when I know what someone else is going through, when I own those experiences in my own life. I am able to walk alongside another in their journey when I reflect on my own journey. But to reach this point, we have to be vulnerable. We have to ask for help, and if we have no voice in the midst of pain, anxiety, depression, suffering, grief, loss, whatever life throws our way, it's taking the hand that is offered down to us, pulling us up and out to get back on that donkey and find rest and compassion in the care of someone else. The neighbor is the one who comes to help us when we are the ones in the ditch. 
And while sometimes they might be a stranger or someone we least expect, they are often just the person we need at that time in our life. The neighbor is the one who gets themselves to Idaho to help drive the youth group home from a mission trip when your father-in-law has passed away and your husband needs to catch a train and go home and you're down driver. Or the person who shows up with food in the middle of the day because it's one last meal you need to think about when recovering from surgery. I think of those in our midst who've gone through cancer treatments and the light that they have been to others through chemotherapy just as they have been encouraged along the way by neighbors meeting them. The neighbor is the one who sits by you and listens to you when you feel all hope is lost and you mentally cannot see a way forward. Maybe the Samaritan helped the guy in the ditch because he himself had been there before. He knew what it was like to feel vulnerable. The neighbor provides hope and grace for all of us when we are in those places of life when we get stuck. This story challenges us to turn upside down our idea of who neighbor is. The writer of Luke is once again pointing to God. God is at work in the Samaritan because that's what Jesus would do. God showing up where we least expect God to be, in the stranger, in the child, in the person we cannot stand or even agree with. God shows up because God can. God does all this. And God does it for all. Not just the lawyer, the insiders, but the Samaritans, the outsiders, the ones who are being bullied or pushed around, the lost, the suffering, the widow, and our communities reeling from violence and discrimination. And God shows up in us too. Through our acts of compassion, kindness, and mercy, God shows up so we can be neighbor. And may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>